10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome again to another episode of the Florida Fun Podcast, recorded live here in the state of Florida. My name is Josh, I'm your host, and this is episode 7. Today is Wednesday, July 14th, 2021, and it's a very special day for a family member of mine, and we'll get to that in just a few moments. Um, I want to catch you guys up with what's been going on in my life. I want to hear about everything that's been going on in your life. Uh, I want to talk about the differences between the last episode and what we're currently putting out today and our current episode. I want to stop and give you the ability to contact me. If you want to drop me an email, it's the same as always. It is floridafunpodcast at gmail.com. If you're on Twitter, hit me up on Twitter. Send me a tweet. We are at floridafun6 on Twitter. And if you're on Instagram, it is Instagram.com forward slash Florida Fun Podcast. So today is going to be about the, my son's birthday. Uh, I told you guys previously that uh, my son's birthday would be at the Legoland area down in Winter Haven, uh, kind of the uh, Lake Wales, Winter Haven area. There is a um, an area of the state uh, where Legoland has kind of taken root and it's growing and it's very successful. And there were a lot of people in the park and a lot of people around the resort when we were there. So uh, I think they're they're doing just fine. Uh, we stayed at the Legoland Pirate Island Resort and Hotel, which is attached to the Legoland Hotel. Um, and the two are sisters. They share the same wall. They, they One side goes to the Legoland Pirate Island Resort. The other one goes to the Legoland Resort, um, which sounds very similar uh, very, uh, they, they are very familiar to each other, but once you're on the inside, the theming is extremely different. Um, the Legoland Pirate Resort, uh, to your left, the carpet is all pirate themed. The outside of the building is pirate themed. There is, um, very large pirate structures all made of Lego, and what's kind of neat is they build these outside, and you can go up to them and kind of rub them with your fingers or touch them with your hands, and you can feel each of the individual Legos that have been cemented or glued or 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 secured to each other, so they're weatherproof and they don't. You can't just come up and pull them apart, but you can see each individual Lego that they used to build these things, and it's really incredible. I know every kid grew up with Legos, and at some point clicking them together and making little houses or boxes or you know, whatever it is that you made when you were a kid. I played with them when I was a kid. My brother and I played with them when I was a kid, uh, when we were kids. And, and my kids have them now, too. And to be able to see them going to the Legoland Resort and the Legoland Theme Park and, and seeing them not only have fun with Legos but have fun in the park and have fun around those kind of things is is really kind of the coming full circle from what was to what is to what will be in the future. Um, when you're over in the Legoland area off of um, 27, 
So if you're going to go there from Jacksonville, which is where I live, northeast Florida, you're going to take 95 south, get onto I-4 and take I-4 west towards Tampa, go through Orlando, go out towards Tampa. When you hit 27, you're going to take a left on 27 and go south on 27, and you're going to go all the way down uh, into the Winter Haven area, curl the right off of 27, you're going to go down. There's going to be an area there which is run by uh, the whole Legoland area will be there. There's actually three Legoland resorts, there, uh, three uh, hotel areas. One is a Legoland Beach Club resort, and that one looks a little different. That one doesn't quite operate the same way as the other ones do. That one has kind of almost like vacation cabanas. Um, it's much different than the other two. Um, it is not attached. It's freestanding. It's across the street. It kind of has its own area. There's a huge, beautiful natural lake out behind it, but that's not part of their property. It's just very, very nice to look at. Um, the pools themselves are really cool. Um, it's just a normal pool, just a zero-entry pool. You just walk in. But on the inside of the pool, they have giant foam Legos that you can snap together. You can take them in the water. You can make them into a raft. You can sink them. You can bring them back to the surface. Kids can float on them. They're soft. And uh, even little ones can play with them. They're easy to grab onto. They're easy to build with. Um, and since we were there last time, they did put a slide in at the Legoland Resort, which was very neat. Um, definitely for little ones. My wife and I, uh, we were not able to ride the slide. I would normally have gone on, but I kind of got the impression it was only for little people. And since I'm not exactly a little person, I didn't want to push my luck and get kicked out. So I didn't ride the slide. Um, the Legoland Pirate Resort Island Resort was really interesting. It was really neat. Uh, the theming started on the outside. There's a pirate ship that has unfortunately been broken, and the pirates are all running around trying to figure out how to fix it and escape from it. Uh, you go inside. There's a sleeping pirate on a bench, and uh, he's waiting for the elevator, or he's just taking a nap. There's a big playroom, kind of a big dining area. There's the restaurant right in front of you, which I want to say is called Shipwreck cafe uh, right in front of you, which was fantastic. Um, when you go into dinner there, they have a buffet style or a um, uh, family style meal that they give you. And uh, it's uh, the food was really good. Um, and you got a bandana and you got a pirate eye patch. And the menu had pirate theming on the outside of the menu. And uh, we went up to the room and there was a, uh, you know, a, a parrot and, a, and, a, and a, a pirate monkey and a treasure chest and there's pirate flags on the walls, and there's theming goes all the way from the carpet all the way up to the ceiling. And just a really fun place to be. Just a really fun place. The lights on the hall look like, instead of just regular just hotel room lights on the wall, uh, they look like they're burning Lego torches. Um, so it was a really, really fun place. It's a really fun place for kids. And uh, I would definitely say, guys, if you're thinking about it, uh, I would go. And the only drawback we ran into, and, and, and we took care of that, was when you're there, especially now over coronavirus um, and the staffing issues that we have uh, across the United States, it doesn't always only affect us here in Florida, but it does affect everyone. It's You have to make a reservation first before you go, okay? And I'm not talking about staying in the resort. That, obviously, you have to do that. You can't just walk up. Uh, probably can't just walk up. I don't think they have the, the ability to hold you. But before you eat at the resort, you have to make a reservation to eat in the only one of three restaurants inside, two, three restaurants inside there. And we didn't know that, and that kind of caught us off guard, but that's okay. We, we dealt with it, and, um, you know, we, we kind of got through. 
but you can always eat in the park and you can there's up and down 27 right there outside of the the resort there's you know a ruby tuesday and there's you know the, there's other things that are out there and the panera and there's a there's a starbucks and there's you know all that kind of stuff so um it's it's not the end of the world if you can't eat inside the resort it is very convenient because you can simply come down from your room and go downstairs and have breakfast or lunch or dinner or grab a snack or whatever it is that you want. Um, but if you're not able to, then you just kind of deal with it and you move on. But um, it was very convenient to be able to go downstairs and grab a you know a meal and then just go wander out to the pool and watch the kids play in the pool or come upstairs and you know the kids didn't even have to put their shoes on. You know, I mean they they just had their uh, their Crocs on and they were able to kind of walk around and uh, uh, do that. So my son is now a year older, and he had a fantastic birthday. Uh, we did spend some time inside the Legoland theme park, which was very cool. Um, there's areas for big kids, little kids. There's areas all over the place inside there. There is a Duplo area. So if you know anything about Legos, Duplos are much larger. They're for younger children. They're easier to hold on to with their little hands. So the rides are much more simple. Um, there's one that looks like a, uh, you're on a tractor, you're going through a farmyard and you can push the buttons and make the cow make noise and the chicken make noise and the dog bark. And, um, there's a play area inside there where it has a little slide and you're inside. So you're kind of out, there's a, a, a nursing room or a mommy's room inside there where you can go and, uh, nurse your baby or change your diaper or whatever it is you need to do or feed them or let them take a nap inside there, inside the air conditioning um, when we went, it was in June, um, and and it was it was hot. And I'm not I'm not kidding you. It was it was very warm here in Florida over the summer, and it usually is. It usually is very warm here in Florida over the summer. Um, but it was a fun place. Uh, we did finally make it back, and we had never been to the water park at that point. Uh, we did finally make it all the way back to the water park. And uh, it's hard to get there. And I'm not going to say hard to get there like it's hard to find, like you don't know where it is. Because, you know, everything on this park is so well designed. It's the old Cypress Gardens. If you remember Cypress Gardens from from a couple of years, you know, years ago, um, they took over the Cypress Garden Park and just kind of built into the natural trees, the, the foliage, uh, the, the walkways that were there. They built around the walkways. They put the rides there. They saved a lot of the grass and the trees. And it's just... It's a very, very comfortable, nice place to go. But it's hard to get to the water park because it's all the way in the back, and there's really only one way to get there. You have to take the main pathway past the many, many land and all the way back past all the stuff and past the water ski show and back past it, and, and it's really hard to get there. But I'm telling you, my son said he wanted to go for his birthday to the water park, and so we finally made it to the water park, and it, you know, it was very cool. I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was uh, themed well. Everything in there seemed to remind me of uh, Legos. There was some Lego of some kind. There was areas where kids could squirt each other with these little water guns. Uh, kids could build boats to go down this little slide and see if they survived the bottom or they wrecked the bottom or did they make it all the way down on their own or get stuck. Um, there was a kitty play area. Um, if you've ever been inside SeaWorld's Aquatica Park in Orlando, uh, Catch, a kitty crawl, Catch a Kitty Falls, is an area that's built for smaller children. The water is not very deep. The area where you go and play is not very large. Um, if you're a grown-up, you feel huge in this area because everything is very, very small. That was kind of the same thing at the water park, at the Legoland theme park, all the way in the back. There was a very small, a, a much smaller kids' play area. There was some stairs that got flooded. 
there was a bucket that dumped water out. There was, you know, smaller areas that can go down a small little slide. There was a splash area. So that was fun. There was a lazy river that we went around several times. And, uh, you know, every time we would go around, I would always seem to be the one sitting up high enough to get squirted. And I don't know how that quite worked out, but I think my kids had something to do with it. So, uh, you know, we did that. That was great. And that was fun. And we had a great time. And we walked through the park and we came and had dinner inside the resort. And that was fun. And, you know, overall, we had a real, really great time. Um, I do want to tell you a little bit more about uh, the weather here in Florida. We recently had our first run-in with a tropical storm that became a hurricane. And if you're not familiar with hurricanes, as a Floridian, you get very used to them. They happen all the time. They happen pretty much every summer. Sometimes we get hit with them. Sometimes we don't. It's not usually something to be concerned about. But as a Floridian, you always step out, and, and before you step out in the real world, you know, you check that forecast just to see, just to pay attention and see. Maybe maybe there's a reason for me to take my jacket or my raincoat, or maybe there's a reason for me to check and see how hot it's going to be. You know, should I wear a lighter colored shirt? Should I bring more water with me? Should I, you know, put on more sunscreen before I go to work? What, whatever the situation is. And the national news will always give you updates on hurricanes. Now, they start way east across the ocean from Africa, and they start out in the warm water, and they slowly make their way west across the ocean, and they slowly make their way towards the United States, down usually very far south, uh, down to the southern Caribbean, and find their way either up the east coast of Florida, the west coast of Florida, into the Gulf of Mexico, into Texas, it's where, wherever they might go. Um, Elsa was not much of a hurricane. She was a Category 1 at one point. Mostly a tropical depression, tropical storm, which means the winds were not very strong. Um, she dumped a lot of rain on us, and that was pretty much it. So she didn't really do much. But we have had our first named storm that hit land here in the state of Florida. Uh, in fact, it kind of came kind of in a, a blank space west of Jacksonville, and east of, say, Pensacola, Tallahassee, kind of right through the little neck of the, the panhandle right there. So uh, that same storm survived and went all the way up into uh, New York, New Jersey area, somewhere around there. Um, I have a friend who uh, moved from Jacksonville and went all the way up there, and, and you know they were seeing notifications of, of a, a hurricane, a storm warning, and uh, was surprised to see it because you would normally see them up there. The water's very, very cold. So we had a great time for my son's birthday, and since we've been home, we have tried to do things to keep ourselves amused. Um, I work a lot, so um, I'm usually at my restaurant, but I, I do work a lot. So when I'm off, we want to do something that's fun. We did have a chance one day to go and go not only to the Museum of Science and History here in downtown Jacksonville, but we also went to Chuck E. Cheese. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop for a second and tell you about Chuck E. Cheese. Is Chuck E. Cheese a place only in Florida? No, absolutely not. It's a nationwide, um, it's a large business. There's franchise individuals, owners that are that have, you know pop up stores all over the place. But I can tell you that my kids are able to go uh, with a very special pass, the summer pass. Um, it does allow them to go any day they want. Um, it's not just on weekends. It does allow them to have one hour of playtime, and my kids do the hour playtime. 
So each card is activated as of a certain time. Let's say we go into the park and we go into Chuck E. Cheese at 10. Let's say we started at 10.15. So between 10.15 and 11.15, they have a full hour to play. And they can play whatever games they want, as much as they want. You know, there's no coins, no tokens. And it doesn't run out until that hour is up. And it also gives them 500 extra tickets that they can use to redeem towards prizes on you know whatever they win on their games. Uh, and so they get 500 additional tickets by having the Summer Fun Pass. And uh, it's a really cool thing to do. Um, I can tell you right now, my kids have been to Chuck E. Cheese in several cities in the state of Florida, including Ocala, including Orlando, including Jacksonville, um, and they they love it. It's it's great. I mean, I told you last time about the Crayola Express, the Crayola experience, and um, I would definitely say that you know that's kind of an off the way, out of the way, smaller attraction, but a fantastic place to take your kids, especially if it's a rainy day or it's just really hot. Just miserably sticky hot, and you have nowhere else to do with your kids, and you just don't know what else to do with them. Let them run around Crayola. Let them run around and get some energy out, and and spend you know a good several hours in there. I think Chuck E. Cheese is the same way. Um, when we went, it was a very slow day. I think our family and maybe I don't know two or three others, maybe I think that was probably about it. Uh, were in there, and it was fantastic. Our kids just played. They had a great time. We played with them. Don't think when you mention Chuck E. Cheese that it's not a place for grown-ups. I mean, would I go by myself? No, probably not. I mean, there's like Dave and Buster's and, you know, there's other places that you can go as an adult. But if I was to go, you know, with my kids and say, well, I'm not just going to sit at a table. I want to do something fun, too. So I'll play the games. And there's a fishing game. And there's like a big bass wheel, like a big, uh, almost like the Wheel of Fortune wheel. Um, there's, um, video games, there's skee-ball, there's soccer, there's basketball. You can take a picture with your kids. They can ride in cars. They can ride on bicycles. They, uh, there's all kinds of stuff you can do inside there. And a lot of that stuff you can do with them. And we have pictures of our kids and we have Chuck E. Cheese as a little sketch of your kids through one of the cameras. It turns it into a sketch. And, uh, you know, we played the fishing game, the hunting games, and we've raced cars and been Batman and we've, we've done the whole thing. And it is a fantastic place to take your kids. So, you know, is Chuck E. Cheese kind of an off-the-way, out-of-the-way, off-the-road kind of thing? No, it's a major corporation. But if you have that summer pass, you can go any day, not just on weekends. And I would definitely say if you got something, you know, like I said, on a hot day or a rainy day or, you know, you got a real busy day and you got to burn off some energy off the kids, that is a fantastic place to go. So I would definitely recommend uh, taking the kids to Chuck E. Cheese because that is definitely going to be somewhere you can go. Um, the other place that we went recently was the in the city of Jacksonville, in downtown Jacksonville. There's an area, uh, kind of art museum dry, or the uh, around the um, uh, down by the river, down by the Friendship Fountain, and uh, we have our museum here. It's the Museum of Science and History, and it is very hands-on, very kid-friendly, very user-friendly. Um, kids are allowed to touch everything, they're allowed to learn, they're allowed to open panels and open doors and, and have their hands on, on pretty much everything. Um, over coronavirus, I would definitely say that was something that was very well done. The museum did a great job of social distancing, of making sure that people were not able to spread the disease, uh, the virus, uh, very well. 
Um, they, you know, space people out. You can only have a certain amount of people in there at one time. Now, when we went this last time, there was a field trip, at least one field trip in there. So there was a bunch of kids running around. I think they were from the Boys and Girls Club, I think. And the more those kids were around, you know, you kind of get a little uncomfortable. But I'm going to tell you guys, there still is a lot of mask use going on. You know, the chaperones had masks on. Um, our kids are, are not... Um, uncomfortable wearing a mask. My wife and I are not uncomfortable wearing a mask, even though we're both fully vaccinated. My parents are. My aunt is, is fully vaccinated. Um, so, you know, if if, I, if we go to a business or a restaurant or, or a store and they say, you must wear a mask, I usually have a mask on my wrist. If I don't have to wear it, I'm not going to wear it. But if they say I'm going to wear it, you know, you wear it or you get out, I have no problem. I'll put that mask on my face and I'll be as compliant as you need me to be because I understand that this is a real thing. Um... So when we went there, my kids had already gone once, and they knew how much fun it was. And they said, Daddy, Daddy, come see the dragons. And I had no idea what they were talking about. But when I went, there was a huge exhibit of dragons, and it was very cool. There was a kind of a hands-on scavenger hunt thing they had to do where you would go and get information from this list, and you'd have to draw these figures and come back to this main uh, storyteller, and you would uh, earn this this uh, membership into the Dragon Club, and it it was so well done, so well done. I was blown away, and I wanted to play too. I wanted to figure out all the answers too. And uh, we went upstairs, and uh, we you know hung out for a bit, and then um, it was just a fantastic place. So I don't know if it's necessarily an out of the way, off the road treasure kind of a thing, but if you've never been to the Museum of Science and History in downtown Jacksonville. It keeps changing. It's always something new. Um, it's been dragons. There was a backyard adventure. There was uh, National Geographic had put some stuff in there about all the adventures that their cameraman and their film people went through and how they filmed certain shots. And it just keeps changing. And it is certainly something, if you've never been there, you have to go. I don't think it's very expensive. I think it's X amount of dollars. It's not much. But this is another one where my wife and I have gotten the annual pass, and it pays for itself. Because on those days when it's hot or it's boring or it's raining or you got nothing to do, you could easily spend several hours in the museum just looking at things, just letting the kids play, maybe catching a planetarium feature, maybe going downstairs, catching a class. You know, they do a fantastic job with hands-on learning. There's, there's day classes. There's summer camps. There's all kinds of stuff you can do there. You could lose a whole day in the museum. And it's a fantastic place. So I definitely recommend the next time you're in Northeast Florida, if you're looking for something to do, I would definitely recommend going to the Museum of Science and History. Let's talk a little bit about Florida news now that we're all cut up. Um, I did tell you how to get a hold of me. Um, drop me that email. Drop me that tweet. Drop me a line on Instagram. Tell me what you think about the Legoland Pirate Resort. Um, about being inside the Legoland Park, about the Museum of Science and History, and tell me about the last time you went to Chuck E. Cheese, because I want to hear about all that. Now, we don't ever, we don't usually eat at Chuck E. Cheese. Maybe get a Drake, something like that. Um, and I would definitely say, you know, of all the places that I've been, Chuck E. Cheese does not have maybe the greatest food ever, and I don't know if that's harsh to say that, but I think they're more known for, you know, being a place that kids can be kids. They can run around, they can feel comfortable. They can play games. It's very safe. They put a uh, kind of an invisible glowing 
stamp on your kids and your arm at the same time, and your number matches their number, or your letter matches their letter, and they're only going to let the kid go with the parent who matches them. And they do a fantastic job uh, of keeping the kids safe. So I would definitely say that's not something that you need to be worried about. Um, so let's talk about Florida news. There's a, there's been a bunch of a couple of stories. I have one, two, three, four stories that I want to talk about, and then Florida sports. I want to talk about that with you as well. So I've got one, two, three, four stories in Florida sports, and uh, we can talk about all those as well. Florida news. Let's see. Um, what's in the news? Sea turtles are in the news. Money for health literacy is in the news. Um, the cruise line lawsuits are in the news. And Orlando Water Park ranks number one, uh, in addition to others in the state of Florida, is in the news as well. So let's see what we can talk about here real quick. Sea turtles, uh, we did talk about my friend Elsa. She came through, and she was uh, not as tough as she could have been. But there's a story from Fox 4 out of southwest Florida. Elsa disturbs nearly 150 sea turtle nests along Tampa Bay area beaches. Um, This is under national news. It's out of Clearwater, Florida. And this is as of July 9th. And it says, while tropical term Elsa did not impact a lot of people in Tampa area, it did disturb nearly 150 sea turtle nests on Pinellas County beaches. Uh, This is from the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. They were quoted as saying nearly 75% of the 200 sea turtle nests on Pinellas County beaches were impacted by the storm surge. And the storm surge is simply rising water. So the closer that that storm gets to land, it has a lot of force, a lot of suction, and it pulls that water up onto land. And uh, a quote from Kelly Martin, who's the director of animal care for the Clearwater Marine Aquarium, says, quote, Unfortunately, the biggest threat to or impact of these nests is the water. Who would have thought, right? They live in water, but it's actually detrimental to these animals that are incubating in the nests of the little baby sea turtles, end quote. So they can take a few days to clear the beach for public access. It usually includes a delay in placing any hotel cabanas, furniture, or beach cleaning that may occur. If you're in the area where you might be affected by this, uh, in the Clearwater Marine Park, um, Clearwater Marine Aquarium area, somewhere in their ballpark, if you see sea turtles' nests or hatchlings in distress, do not touch or interfere with the animals. Instead, call the aquarium or your local aquarium or your local wildlife agency. If you want to get in touch with the Clearwater Marine Aquarium hotline, it is 727-441-1790, extension 1. And that's to get a hold of the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. But if, if you're where you are and you see sea turtles or another animal in distress, you can always call the Florida Marine Wildlife um, uh, Conservation, uh, Florida Wildlife Conservation Commission or your local zoo or your local aquarium. Uh, my second story does deal with uh, health literacy. Um, so the city of Jacksonville, this is from uh, Jim Piggott, who's a reporter in the Jacksonville area. This is off of Channel 4 News in Jacksonville. Jacksonville gets nearly $3.3 million to promote health literacy. And what the story basically talks about is the Federal Office of Public Health and Science has awarded the city of Jacksonville a $3,295,342 grant to improve the health of racial and ethnic minority populations through the development of health policies and programs that will help eliminate health disparities. Uh, Representative Al Lawson, United States Representative Al Lawson out of Tennessee, announced that the grant was awarded through the Office of Minority Health, an office within the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and be used to increase access to culturally appropriate health information by activating health workers to connect directly with vulnerable populations 
Um, and uh, he was quoted as saying, COVID-19 remains a dire threat to our health and public safety. The pandemic exposed inequities in our healthcare system and educating the public is the best path forward to saving countless lives. Through this investment, we'll bridge the divide in health resources across the Jacksonville community. So that is fantastic. Um, I remember last time when uh, I had popped up a podcast that we talked about people being people and people being comfortable and being in their own skin and that we all have a right to belong and we all have a right to have the same shot at the ball and the same chance to score and the same chance to be successful. And it's not, it's not right. It's not American. It's not fair that some people get access to health resources and some don't. And some people get access to better treatment and better care and some don't just because of the color of their skin. And I am very much against that. I feel like equality is a, is something that we do here as Amer- as Americans, something that we are bound and and de- and determined and and dedicated to, is equality of all people, um, and our constitution even says that, right? Um, so I think something like this is fantastic, and however it's used, however it's used to increase health education and literacy in minority populations, I think it needs to be applauded. So uh, thank you to. Uh, the people who sponsored that um, that grant, because I think that's a fantastic thing. Uh, there's a cruise line lawsuit. Uh, this is also out of uh, Click Orlando, uh, Channel 6. And this is from the Associated Press. Uh, Norwegian cruises sues Florida over coronavirus vaccination law. I'm not sure what you know. But right now, Governor DeSantis has basically roadblocked any company, business, entity from proving, in the state of Florida, because he doesn't have jurisdiction anywhere else, that anyone is, is uh, vaccinated. Anyone has been vaccinated. He doesn't want anyone to have to prove that they're vaccinated. Um, out of Miami, the Norwegian Cruise Line is challenging a new Florida law that prevents cruise companies from requiring passengers to show proof of vaccination against the COVID-19 virus. Uh, the lawsuit filed Tuesday in Miami Federal Court contends that the law jeopardizes safe operation of cruise ships by increasing risk of contacting the virus. Norwegian intends to restart cruises from Florida ports August 15th with vaccinations required for all passengers. So the last time we talked, you know, we talked about the first ship to leave a Florida cruise in nearly 500 days was the Celebrity Edge and Although I don't think they had required anyone to be vaccinated, there was that um, report that, you know, like 95% of the people on the ship had proof of vaccination. Um, So the law, basically the way it's set up, imposes a fine of $5,000 each time a cruise line mandates that a passenger provide vaccination proof. Norwegian does claim that it violates federal law and several constitutional rights. Um, and the company officially known as Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, or NCLH, says it won't be able to sail from Florida unless the judge acts to block the law. Uh, this is not the first time I've heard about cruise lines basically being unhappy in the state of Florida and threatening to go and saying, you know, either we do what's right together or I'm going to go sail out of somewhere else. And the cruise industry, Florida is all about tourism, and the cruise industry is a it's a big part of living here and either we get it right or we lose these cruise lines and that's part of the tourism dollar and you're going to lose jobs and it's, it's not going to be good. 
So I hope we get that all together. Um, another article that I read was uh, all about uh, the Orlando water park. Um, this is in, I want to say it was Click Orlando as well, uh, out of Channel Orlando Channel 6. Yeah, Click Orlando. Uh, story says, this Orlando water park was named best in the U.S. Florida parks dominated the rankings. So Central Florida can now boast about having the best water park in the country again. USA Today released its list of best outdoor water parks for the year, crowning SeaWorld Orlando's Aquatica, the ultimate place for fun in the water for a second time since the list's inception. The survey shows that when left up to a vote, no other park even comes close. So Aquatica won by quite a chunk. And other ones in the Florida area also came in here. Island H2O Live in Kissimmee missed a top five ranking by a slot. The water park newcomer slid in number six. And then also there were other parks as well. Uh, Florida dominated the top ten list with Rapids Water Park in South Florida at number seven and Adventure Island in Tampa coming in at number eight. So, of course, you're in Florida. It's summertime. You're going to go play in a water park. That's just going to happen. And acting like it isn't is just crazy because it gets hot here. It gets real hot here. And uh, the water parks are, are what we do best. So definitely we want people to be able to come in and play in our water parks. So real quick, I'm going to talk to you about Florida sports and make sure that we are on the same page here. So Florida sports, uh, let's see. So uh, Bud Light giveaways. Jaguar quarterback signs. Tim Tebow mania again. And what does Bruce Arians have to say about the coronavirus? So let's see. Uh, first thing is the Bud Light giveaway. So this is from Fox 4 in southwest Florida. And Bud Light giving away free 12-pack to fans in Florida to celebrate the Lightning Stanley Cup win. So this is out of southwest Florida on Fox 4. And the story was posted July 8th. So that's been a little while. Not, not today. But it's been a little while. To celebrate the Tampa Bay Lightning's Stanley Cup win, Bud Light is giving away a free 12-pack to fans in Florida. It's part of the company's playoff Beards, B-E-E-R-D-S, not B-E-A-R-D-S, but B-E-E-R-D-S promotion. Uh, Bud Light put out a tweet, said, Tampa, your Tampa Bay Lightning just shaved the playoff Beards from the fridge and unlocked 12-packs for the city. Head to BudLight.com forward slash PlayoffBeards, B-E-E-R-D-S, to get yours. And the way the story works, all you have to do is purchase one Bud Light 12-pack or larger that can be cans or bottles between May 14, 2021 and July 31, 2021. Send a picture of your receipt on the Bud Light website and plug in your information so they can get a rebate to you. You'll receive a rebate of up to $14.99 if you live in Florida since the Bolts won the Stanley Cup. The rebate amount will be equivalent to the purchase price of one Bud Light 12-pack or larger, excluding sales tax. Your request must be submitted by August 14th. Allow six to eight weeks for receipt of your rebate. And there's a link right there where you can do that right from the news website. So if you're kind of the guy or person or woman who wants to be paid back for drinking a little Bud Light, then there you go. You are all set with your playoff Bud Light uh, and they are paying you back for drinking their beer. And how, how often does that happen? Um, an article out of the Associated Press, quarterback Trevor Lawrence signs $36.8 million rookie contract with the Jags. This is uh, from July 5th, so just after the holiday weekend. This is out of Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback and number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence signed his four-year rookie contract Monday, 
clearing the way for him to attend the start of training camp in three weeks. Under the NFL's rookie slotting system, Lawrence's deal was projected to be worth $36.8 million and includes a $24.1 million signing bonus. He will count $6.7 million against the salary cap in 2021. With Lawrence under contract, Jacksonville has now signed six of its nine draft picks. So Jacksonville had a lot of draft picks in this last draft. Running back Travis Etienne, cornerback Tyson Campbell, and offensive tackle Walker Little still remain unsigned. So there's still a little more work to do, but I'm sure everything will fall into place. All the draft picks will fall into place by the time everything is all over and done with. Um, what about you? Are you a Jags fan? Are you? Who is your team? Do you follow the NFL? Are you a hockey fan like me? I'm, I'm a big hockey fan, but I'm also a big football fan. So I'm very happy that the Tampa Bay Lightning pulled it out and won. Um, they had a bumpy road to get there, uh, but in the end, they played like the champions they were, and they just smoked a couple of teams, and I'm very, very proud of them. But, you know, I can't say the same thing for my Jaguars. Right? My Jaguars are going to have uh, a tough road ahead. You know, they have lots of uh, new faces and fresh players, but is that going to be enough for them to um, to do better? Um, they had one win out of 16 games last year. They went 1-15 and 15 in 16 games. That's not great. That's not fantastic. Um, they have a new coach. They have a new quarterback. They have a bunch of new players. They have a bunch of draft picks that they use on some, you know, hopefully very, very good players. Um, but, but, you know, the hope is that things are looking up, that things are going to be better this year. And uh, they, they basically have to. You know, you, you can't finish so poorly last season and then turn around and, and hope that things get better and have them not get better uh, this season because that's, that's just not where you want to be. You know, you, you, want, you want things to go perfect. Um, so you definitely have that, um, that monkey, you know, or that, that weight hanging over your head or that monkey on your back, however you want to put it. And, and, you know, lose your first two or three games because your team can't, you know, be on the same page together or they're not communicating or, you know, um, you know, Coach Urban Meyer isn't quite making it happen. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how things go. But, but fingers crossed for everyone here in Jacksonville and a lot of uh, Jaguar fans throughout the world. Um, I also found this article from Justin Barney. He's a sports editor. Um, this is about Tim Tebow, all the Tim Tebow fans out there. Tim Tebow has the top five best-selling items in NFL online shop. And this article is from, I want to say, the uh, beginning of the season. Uh, one day back in the NFL, and Tim Tebow has a best-selling jersey in the NFL. News 6 partner WJXT-TV reported. This is out of Click Orlando, News 6. Uh, the top five items on NFLshop.com are all Tebow's number 85 jerseys. The top five items are all Tim Tebow's jerseys. Tebow signed a one-year contract with the Jaguars on Thursday morning, making his conversion from quarterback to tight end complete. Here you go. Men's and women's black Jaguars Tebow jerseys were listed for sale at $119.99 and held the top two spots in sales. The Tebow Double Zero t-shirts were $34.99 and listed third and fourth in sales. And youth Tebow jerseys were $34.99 and fifth. So that's one, two, three, four, and five spaces. So say what you will about the guy, right? Is he going to make the team? Is he going to be a tight end? Is he going to be a backup quarterback? Is he going to play in a wildcat? 
Is he going to be a fullback? I don't know. I don't know. I can't read the. I can't tell the future. I don't know. I I, I hope he makes the team. I I think he would put, you know, what they say, put butts in seats. But you know, we'll wait and see. Uh, I really really don't know. Uh, to give you some idea, rookie Justin Fields held the next three items, followed by Tom Brady, Devontae Smith, and Trey Lance. Number one overall selection, Trevor Lawrence, from our last story, is number 16 teal Jaguars jersey was number 12 on the list. So he did not make the top 10. Uh, finally, what does Bruce Arians have to say about the coronavirus? So Coach Arians um, is the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he has basically turned that team completely around. They were a threat. They're an NFC South team. They were a threat to a lot of teams, but they never really were, you know, since you know, since Chucky was their coach um, many, many years ago, uh, they haven't really been a threat to anyone at any time. They win their games. They do what they're supposed to do. But it's been a long time since they were in the playoffs. So Bruce Arians comes in as the new head coach. They get Tom Brady. They get um, uh, uh, Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski. Um, they also have, you know, um, uh, lots of great players. They end up getting Leonard Fournette from the Jaguars, um, and they build their team. And their team goes on to play so well that they play into the playoffs. They have to play all their playoff games on the road. They win all their playoff games. They come back to the the, the, the uh, their own stadium, which is in Tampa, which is where the, play, the, the playoffs end and the actual Super Bowl is. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go to the Super Bowl in their own home stadium and win. So that's amazing. To have a role like that, to have a ride like that with a brand new coach, a brand new quarterback, a brand new tight end, a brand new running back is just unheard of. And there's rumors that they might be able to do it again this year. And guess what? I don't doubt it. I have no doubt in my mind that that team has the ability to go back to the Super Bowl and win again. Uh, the article is quoted as uh, Bruce Arians uh, says, quote, I don't see a reason not to be vaccinated, end quote. Buccaneers coach wants at least 85% of the team to get the shot. Bruce Arians also realizes getting the COVID vaccine is a personal choice. Nationwide, we only have about 44% of Americans that are vaccinated for COVID-19. So this would more than double the average from American citizens onto his team, he wants at least 85% of his team to get the COVID vaccine. He also realizes getting the vaccine is a personal choice. Quote, everyone is tired. Everybody is tired of meeting out here and eating outside and doing all those things we had to last year. He said the Bucks held a vaccine mini event and mini camp this year, uh, this week for any player and any family member of a player to get the vaccine. So coach was pushing for people to get the COVID vaccine which I think is a good thing. I think we should be vaccinated. And I think it's of the latest cases of many of the latest cases of people dying from the uh, COVID-19 in the state of Florida uh, are unvaccinated. And that decision um, is a personal one. I'm not going to tell you whether to or not to. I think you should, if you haven't already, there's plenty of places you can go and get the COVID-19 vaccine. But the numbers are showing that the people who are vaccinated are not the ones getting sick and dying. The numbers are showing that the people who are unvaccinated, who didn't take the time or didn't believe in it, or for whatever reason, didn't choose to be vaccinated. They're the ones that are getting sick and dying. And when it comes down to it, wouldn't you rather be alive? Wouldn't you rather not be sick? 
right? Getting that vaccine was not a fun thing. I felt like garbage after the second wave, the second vaccine. But I'm alive. I work in an airport. I have people coming in from all over the world, all over the United States, traveling through my airport, eating at my restaurant. I have no fear. I have no fear that I'm going to get sick because I've been vaccinated. If I hadn't been vaccinated, I would be terrified to be in that place. You know nothing about the people sitting at those tables or walking through the door or leaving dirty tissues or sneezing or whatever. There's no way I would do that. But now that I have the vaccine, I'm not concerned at all, not even a little bit, because I know I'm safe, because I know that I took the time to care about myself. My wife cared about me. We cared about my parents and my aunt, and they're all protected. And so nothing that happens now from the COVID will affect them. And more and more research has been done to show that even the folks from Pfizer have said, once you're vaccinated, you're fine. You don't have to go back and get a booster. It's not required. It's not necessary. You will be protected. So, guys, I want to thank you for joining me. I'm going to call that an episode. I want to thank you for being involved and listening and being a part of all this, this great big journey that we're on. And uh, the state of Florida has so much to show us. And uh, we're in the news all the time. There's fun places to go. Um, my next trip is going to be back to Orlando, which you'll notice I go to quite a bit. Uh, my daughter's birthday is uh, the one up this time. And we're going to Aquatica for a day, SeaWorld for a day, and Discovery Cove for a day. So I'm going to give you an update on all that. What's going on with SeaWorld? What's going on with Aquatica? What's going on with Discovery Cove? How are they handling all this? Um, is there something different they're doing? I did notice... Uh, I went to a gas station recently, and they had taken down all the safety barriers that had been uh, separating the cashiers from the guests. So I think we're starting to come out of this, right? Um, the people who are vaccinated and are protected are the ones leading the charge. And, you know, the companies are, you know, my company still makes us wear a mask. And the airport is a federal building. We have to wear a mask inside a federal building. That is federal law. Um and we're going to continue to do so until we're advised by the president not to, right? Um, to reach out to me at any time, I think I already told you, but I'm going to tell you again. Write me an email, if you would, please. Uh, email address is floridafunpodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out and, and contact me at any time. Tell me what you think about the series. Tell me what you think about the episode. Tell me what you think about what we talked about today. On Twitter, I am at floridafun6 on Twitter. You can reach out and send me a tweet or comment on something that I posted. And on Instagram, I am Instagram.com forward slash Florida Fun Podcast. Now, you can support this podcast. And I am now a creator on Patreon. And I enjoy being a creator on Patreon. I'm looking for a Patreon family. I'm looking for supporters. Um, I'm still looking for corporate supporters, for corporate support to... Uh, step up and, and I can do live reads. I can do commercials. Uh, we can do on the air taste test of your product, or your, your restaurant, whatever it is that we need to do. Uh, we can do all that. So if you are interested in being a corporate supporter, uh, drop me an email at my email address. If you want to support me as much as a dollar a month or five or 10 or whatever it is you feel like donating keeps all this going and keeps all this great content. And we're going to have 
uh, special guests. We're going to have special visitors. We're going to do live. I have a food, a live food tasting that I want to do, and I might be able to do that coming up real soon. Um, so we'll we'll try that as well, and we'll see how that all works out. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash Florida Fun Podcast. And I certainly would appreciate anything you can do to support. I'm going to give, uh, you know, special privileges to my Patreon members. So uh, advanced show notes, um, uh, more up-to-date photographs, um, you know, special Patreon-only shows uh, for you guys, things that are a little more behind the scenes, a little more factually oriented. Um, So you never know. You never know what we're going to do. So, guys, thank you once again. I can't tell you the joy and the pleasure it brings me in being able to podcast for you guys and having you guys there. Um, I really enjoy being here. I really enjoy you guys being there listening and sticking it out this long. And uh, it really brings me a lot of pleasure. This is something that I really enjoy doing. and I really want to continue doing it. Um, Until uh, we meet again, uh, go out and experience the great state of Florida. Find something fun to do today and tell me about it. You know, write me an email, send me a tweet, uh, pop me a note on Instagram. And until next time, guys, we'll see you out there.